God with you and to look into this story of the great I am. And I'm just going to jump right into it. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I'm going to read about 12 verses and then we'll come back and break down these verses several at a time. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth their son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her, for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What did Mary know? This encounter with Gabriel will let us know Mary did know some things. Right up, straight up. The day she was surprised about this whole uh, journey that she's about to encounter, Gabriel is upfront and honest about what's about to happen. Mary was around 15 years old or so, maybe late, tw- um, um, late teens. Those singers, that's a, a group of sisters from 19 years old and up called Cimarelli. And Mary is in that age group, maybe late teens or so. She's never known a man sexually, and yet she's being told that she will be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And this angel is saying a lot of amazing things about her, what, who her baby will be. Let's reread parts of this encounter with the archangel Gabriel. I use that term archangel because that's a term given to the three highest-ranked, powerful angels in heaven. Archangel Gabriel here was sent with the message, and we find that in Scripture. He's often sent with the message to give. Archangel Michael, he's often sent to do warfare and battle and bring victory. And then there was the archangel uh, angel Lucifer, who was created as a worshiper. And he, unfortunately, became proud in himself. And he swayed and deceived a third of the angels to fight with him against God. And he lost big time. Kicked out of heaven. All of them. He is a defeated foe. So let's go back to the verses here. Starting at verse 28 of Luke 1. Father, I just ask that your spirit touch our hearts as we look to your eternal word. That our eyes, our ears, our hearts would receive your truths this morning in Jesus' name. Verse 28, 
And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. When you read the Bible, and there are a number of encounters where angels come and show themselves, even though they're usually around in many places that where we are, we have a guardian angel, we, there's could be demons somewhere and a battle going on with angels and demons, and so they're in the spiritual realm, there could be anywhere, everywhere. But when they appear and bring something to a human, usually this is what they have to say. Do not be afraid. <laughs> Just calm down for a minute. I need you to listen to me, okay? So, and God uses that words to bring peace onto the hearer so they can receive this message. Mary is troubled and not sure about this greeting. But the angel said twice to her that she is favored and that she has found favor with God and she is blessed and the Lord is with her. So the angel just suddenly lets her know, you're not in trouble. In fact, you've found great favor from God. And I'm here to give you a message from the throne room of God. What an honor. She's... An archangel, Gabriel, just said, hey, you're favored and you're blessed. God is with you. What a buildup. What an edification to receive. So what did Mary know about herself? Or just starting off that she is favored and blessed by God. She must have lived well as a Jewish girl before her God. That God saw the decisions she made even when she was alone or in secret, she was making choices for him. Something that maybe other people wouldn't see, but God saw her heart and the direction of her life to live holy and pure for God. <clears throat> she had made wise decisions, and God was pleased with her. Let's go to verse 31. And behold... You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. This is quite a list. And we're going to look at each one. First, he says, behold. I'm sure her eyes are big and she's just staring at this glowing, fiery angel. But he says, behold, that means look at me. Let me have your full attention. Listen carefully. Behold, see. And then he goes into this list that this baby of yours will have the name Jesus. <clears throat> now, that's not really an unusual name. It's Joshua in Hebrew. That's a common Old Testament name. Yeshua is one way to say that in that ancient time, and um, in Hebrew. <clears throat> and it says, so this is his name. It's not a, really a family name kind of thing. So, okay, good, got the name. He will be great. What went through her mind at that moment? He might be one of those teachers that people love to come see, and they flock around one of those rabbis, and they'll have maybe hundreds of people 
who might come and, and, and listen to him. He might be famous like that, or he, he might become one of the Pharisees and, and be such a respected religious leader. He might get on the Sanhedrin. He might have a lot of authority and power. Wow, he's going to be great. She's probably wondering, well, how great is he going to be, Gabriel? And this is where he gets very specific. What does Mary know about her baby? Number one, that he is called the son of the most of the highest. The highest? That means he is the son of the highest one in the heavens, uh, the highest majesty, the highest glory. The highest power. He's the almighty one. He's the son of almighty God. Big G, not little G, but big G. The list goes on. He will be number two. God will give him the throne of his father, David. A throne? He's going to have my son, my baby is going to have a throne, a throne of authority and power and majesty. This is incredible. And you said of his father, David. Did you say of his father, David? Because if that's true, that means he is the prophesied Messiah that a thousand years ago when King David was alive, God promised and said, I will bring a Messiah through your lineage and he will be a king. He will be uh, the Messiah, the sent one from heaven to save the people Israel. Oh my goodness, her heart is really pounding. If it was pounding before, and you know it was, it's really pounding now. The Messiah, the sent one, the Savior of Israel. Number three, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Forever. How does a man live forever? He's going to be more of a man. He's not going to be just a man. He's going to, he's going to have... Uh, the ability to live forever like God has that ability? And her mind is getting blown out, trying to comprehend this. And number four, his kingdom will have no end. His kingdom, that means he's a king. And not he's just king of the Jews, but his kingdom has no end. Throughout the earth, he'll be the king of all other kingdoms. And the king of kings, she is getting blown away. She stops and she asks the angel a little clarifying question. Oh, Honorable Gabriel. Oh, Mr. Gabriel, what? how does she address him? You probably already know this, but I'm just checking. Just want a little clarification. I'm just saying, I know it can happen, but I'm just a little unclear. And, and she asked a very practical question. This is verse 34. How can this be since I do not know a man? Gabriel's response is, he comes right back with an answer, a legitimate question, I guess. And he says, verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So basically he's saying, to Mary, uh, Mary, this has never happened in the history of your people or in the history of the earth. The Holy Spirit and has power from the Almighty God, uh, the Spirit of God, to make this happen. 
All you have to do is say yes. That's how that's wrapping up here. All you have to do is say yes. And then, by the way, let me, Gabriel, I'm just going to add a couple more things about your baby. Let me just even make it more clear. Again, what does Mary know about her baby? One is he's going to be called the son of the highest. No, excuse me, we already did that one. He's going to be called the holy one. The, The holy one? There's only one holy one in heaven. So this is God from heaven, my baby. And he's going to be, number six, called the son of God. He is definitely deity. I've said it to you now over and over again. This is not mere baby, mere man. This is also God. So, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is going to be the Lord of all creation, would one day rule the nations? When you kiss your little baby, you're kissing the face of God. That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. She knew it. Folks, she knew it. Gabriel, that's what he hammered in this message from the throne room. You are holding the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You are holding him and taking care of him as he grows. I don't think she could predict what would happen during his life. Surely there would be miracles. What kind of miracles? When would they start? What what kind of ramifications ramifications that bring upon him or us as a family? I think she didn't know what his life would look like and rejoiced at the healings uh, of the sick and casting out demons and raising the dead. But there's something else she didn't know And that is how her life would change the moment that Gabriel would leave that scene. And she is actually thrown in a sudden set of circumstances that Gabriel didn't expound on at all. Now, Gabriel's still talking, verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Mm. So Gabriel does slip this comment in, all this talk about the majesty and the glory of this baby being from heaven and deity himself. She goes, oh, he goes, Elizabeth, you're... Cousin, she is pregnant, and you know she was barren. So this is another special work of God. And then his last and parting statement is, for with God, nothing will be impossible. He's saying, listen, Mary, your life has just changed. going to be some tough circumstances Happening today, tomorrow, and for a while. When you need encouragement, remember my last statement. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God Almighty, nothing will be Let's say that together. You ready? One, two, three. 
For with God, nothing will be impossible. If you need encouragement today, because you came in here this weekend with a set of circumstances that you, are, you don't know how this is going to turn out, you don't know which way it's going to go, be encouraged by these words given to Mary. So I'm going to tell you what a direction I'm going in now. I'm, I'm going to shift a, a direction and give you the title slide for these three Sundays here for the rest of December. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And we'll be focusing on Mary this Sunday, and then God willing, Joseph and others moving down through the month. This is an actual quote from Jesus, but it's found in a peculiar place. You know, most time when you're reading a quote from Jesus, it's in one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, it's in red letter. But this is actually in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35. We'll look at that passage on another Sunday. And just to clarify, if you're wondering, uh, in two weeks on Sunday, December 24th, uh, New Year's Eve, we will have a service at 1030, not one in the evening, but that morning at 1030, we'll have candle lighting as well as part of that service. So what does Mary give in her situation here? This giving in her life right now is not gift giving, which is what makes this Christmas season so unusual compared to the other 11 months of the year. We have other holidays, but this is the season of giving. And we love it, don't we? We love to give gifts. We love to receive gifts. And it makes that Christmas morning so much fun. It's a way to express love and appreciation to family members and friends. It's a great time of year. And Mary had to give, but I'm not talking about a material gift She had to give some things to God in these moments that she had in this encounter. Listen to what she says here. Luke chapter 1, next verse, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Angel must have said, that's perfect. I don't need to talk anymore. You got it. What is she saying here? First, she says, behold. Behold. Look at me, Gabriel. Listen to me. My hands are raised. I'm a, I'm a volunteer. I'm saying yes. Look at me. Behold. I don't want to miss This opportunity to obey you, don't pass me by. Behold, I am your servant to obey my almighty God. I say yes, let it be clear. What does she give? Well, she just gave her will over to God. These are her choice. She surrenders the right to choose 
major decisions and say, I don't know all, what all this means and what's going to happen to me next. But I say yes to your will. It was been said that in the historical studies that Jewish young ladies dreamed of being uh, chosen as the mother of the soon coming Messiah. It sounds so honorable and so privileged. But, you know, Mary didn't know some things that would happen. And she has to, in a sense, give her purity, physical purity, to God again. She had already made wise choices to be pure and stay a virgin before marriage. That would have been a blessing to her husband on the honeymoon wedding night, but she knows that God sees her heart and her intentions and before him to stay pure and did it unto him. It is still under the power and grace of God a blessing for young men and women when they get married to stay pure before the wedding night, not only to bless the marriage, but to honor our God. And she's doing this again in a different way. I give my body, my purity, my physical purity to you, God. Do what you wish with my body. I present my body as holy and pure. Have your way. See, Mary didn't know that when she gives this, many circumstances would change. For example, what in the world is going to happen with Joseph? How is he going to react? How mad is he going to get? Gabriel didn't say anything about Joseph. He said, Elizabeth, so I've got, okay, Elizabeth knows. She's going to, she's going to understand. I'm going to be able to go to her. She's going to be, we can, I can talk to her about this. Am I, I'm going to break this news to Joseph? He'll think that I've cheated on him. I've been unfaithful. Will he end our engagement? Who will be my husband? Who will help me raise this child who's going to become the king of the Jews? I love Joseph. I don't want to lose him. So she had to give her husband her marriage to God. In these split moments when she said, I am your and maidservant means slave girl. I am your servant. She saying, I'm, I give you my marriage. However that turns out, I give it to you. Oh no, when did she think about mom and dad? Was it mom and dad first or was it Joseph first? I think it was Joseph first. I think she was already getting excited about being married and having a honeymoon and getting out from her mom and dad's covering. And so, But she's, oh no, what is mom and dad going to think? This is going to be so hard. I mean, they're going to think that I have left the values of the family, that I've disregarded everything they've taught me, and I've gone my own way. Just who cares what they know? They're going to be so hurt and mad. Oh, my goodness, they think I would have committed adultery. What's going to happen with mom and dad, my siblings? I love my mom and dad. I don't want to lose them. She had to give her family. To God. And trust God with her family. What about the community? The ruling elders of her town who make decisions on how to uh, 
punish and bring justice to those who have gone away from God and their God's law. And sure enough, adultery, there is a possible punishment in God's law of stoning. What's going to happen with the elders? Are they going to kill me by stoning? But if they do, they'd kill the baby. And Gabriel acts like, hey, this baby is going to live. So I think I'm going to survive that. But surely they'll come up with some kind of punishment. Maybe kick me out of, of the village. I'll be all alone. I'll be embarrassed wearing a scarlet letter of shame. I love my friends and community. I don't want to lose them. She had to give up her reputation, her integrity, her, that she worked on so long and hard. She had to give that over to God. I know one time in, a, in, in one of the jobs I had in Philadelphia, as I was doing bi, uh, bivocational ministry, and it was a one-year of social work ministry. And I remember my supervisor had heard something from one of my clients, and, and, and she said, why did you do this? And she actually didn't hear the whole conversation, and I, I was having a hard time uh, justifying myself, and so I was kind of uh, displeased her. I was in trouble with her, and I was trying to let her know, no, I didn't. My integrity, my reputation was taken from me. I couldn't sleep for days until I finally found the document that could show, and then I could sleep. See, I do have integrity. I do have a, a good reputation before you as your employee, and I, I showed her the documentation. Wow. Sometimes we don't have the opportunity to get a document to show where our integrity really is, and sometimes it stays out there. Oh, what did Stephen do? What did he do? What did she do? Look, look, what is, where is their character? And you work for years to say, no, I'm a person of character, integrity. How did she live with this? She had to give God her reputation, her integrity, her dignity. She's realizing that she could be all alone and that she may not have support. And it's amazing how single moms do it today. And it's also revealed how important we as family, friends, and a spiritual body serve and strengthen, come around single moms and single dads. So she had a big question mark. How is she going to get the needs met for me and my children? And what's going to happen? She had to give God her needs. She might have a hard time finding a job, having a scarlet letter of adultery on her chest and her reputation. We don't have the details as these early years of Jesus go by. We really don't know all that happens. We will learn some more when we look at Joseph next week. But they did survive. God did provide. But Mary didn't know what the future held here with her reputation, with the family. Would we be together or not together? What would happen to Joseph? And another thing she didn't know was when Jesus, though he had that fame of a traveling rabbi, 
and had great influence on the whole nation, that it would quickly turn and the ruling elder of the religious leaders would be coming after him looking for a chance to arrest him. And, oh my gosh, not just arrest him, but torture him with flogging and beatings and then putting him on a cross. And there she was, a mother's love, watching her beloved son die on the cross. But this is where that to give is more blessed to receive. She had to give him that day that he was suffering on the cross. She had to give him and trust him to Almighty Father. And sure enough, the resurrection came on the third day. The resurrection did come. I'm still just amazed at Mary. She's someone to learn from. Someone, there's other lessons we could go and tie in in and, and both what happened to uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, what happened after this when she's with that family. She immediately leaves this encounter and goes to Elizabeth and, and, and is able to get several months of support before all of this explodes in her face. But Jesus taught on what she modeled. It's in Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10. Jesus is asked, how do, you, how do we pray? Because you're such a good prayer, Jesus. How do you do it? And he starts off like this. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is, as it is in heavens. He knew the stories of Mary. He saw that she submitted her will her big decisions and little decisions to God and wanted God to lead. And so it's not my will be done, Lord. You know what I want. You know what I need. You know, and so you give what I... No, no, no. It's a yielding. It's a submitting coming under. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth in the Riley family, in my marriage and family, in our home and neighborhood and in our ministry your will be done, not mine. I want to have you think about this concept that in all of our hearts, there's this little throne. But this little throne uh, chair, this magnificent uh, chair, it's, go ahead and is, it's your throne and everybody has one. And it's, who makes the decision and for this life, for this mind and body? Who chooses what direction to walk in, in walk toward Jesus in light or a different direction, walking in darkness? And this is true for all of us. Billy Graham uh, had a quote that I liked and We'll put it up here. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. I know my own testimony. As a high schooler, I was a junior in high school. And uh, excuse me, I just finished my junior year in high school. And I had just been to a, a youth group camp and I actually sensed the Lord's Spirit drawn me at an altar call time 
to give my whole heart to God, to dedicate to him. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I, I just I just stayed in my chair and I could I could sense this. My heart was pounding, this fluttering going on inside me. It was the spirit of God saying, come, I, I want you to give your heart and life to me. And I and I it wouldn't go away. And so, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go down and get prayer. That's what I'll do. And that's as far as I could go that day. It was another eight months later in my senior year. I was on a Christian campus, and uh, they had a Friday night big uh, worship night and a good speaker, and, and they had an altar call that night and for young men and women to give their whole heart to Christ. And I saw this young man stand up in front of six, seven, eight hundred people. I'm like, wow, he's really serious about this. This is not some private thing he's just doing by himself. He's willing to stand in front of all this and say, I give my whole heart and life to Jesus Christ. And I can't do that. I go to church on Sundays. I have head knowledge about God and even know some Bible stories. I'm, I'm above average nice guy. I'm doing pretty good. I look like a Christian in the sense, hey, I try to be nice to people and help people. But on the throne of my heart, I was sitting on there proud that I'm the one that's going to make the decisions in my life. And if I leave this throne and give it to God, this, am I submitting myself to something that my life won't be as good or something? My life won't, I, I, I'm giving up. I'm, and I couldn't, for that eight, nine months, I couldn't give that over. It's I want to decide my decisions. It's a selfishness. It's a focus on me and my rulership of my life. Instead of giving my will and giving to him a surrender, I submit to you my will, the direction of my life. I slept on it that night, and I did not like how I had been. The Spirit of God was drawing me in a different way. And that morning, I took a big blue ink pen and I put a big D on my thumb and dark book because I want to be dedicated to God and I don't want to forget about this. I don't want this to wash off quickly. I had a, a group of friends I just met from all around the country and I said, I purposely told them, I said, I don't want to keep this private. I want to give my whole heart and life and dedicate it to Jesus Christ. I wrote a big D's on my notebooks at school. I didn't want to forget when I went back to school. And even when it washed off, my heart was set on the Lord Jesus Christ. I was sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's not something by human determination. You can keep going. It's my surrender to him opened up the door, that humility opens the door to grace to empower me to stay focused and committed to Christ. There's a worship song I heard recently by a group named Sand. This was the chorus line. It said, Lord, make my heart your throne. Lord, make my life your own. Some of you are sitting here and need this encouraging word from Gabriel. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 
If you're hopeless today, if something is pulling your down emotionally and you feel like it's just dragging you down, remember, for with God, nothing will be impossible. There's this other statement that the last statement of Mary. Behold, I'm waving at you, Lord. I'm your volunteer. I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Some of you are there. You're being drawn. Oh, this area in your life is you're holding on to it. You're trying to control it and make things happen for yourself and your own will. And God is saying, no, release that. Give it to me. Some of us here watching online or even here may in secret have yourself or some other God on that throne chair in your heart. And God is saying, I want you to get off of there and invite me on this throne. Jesus, though fully man and fully God, had to go through this emotionally. I'll remind you of a story in Luke chapter 22. Jesus is, the night he is betrayed by Judas, he knows the time of his arrest is moments away. And he goes alone to pray, and he prays this. This is verse 42. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, Jesus started realizing emotionally and he became distressed. Not only am I going to be tortured physically by the Romans who hate me in this crucifixion on the cross, it's a horrible type of death. Now, he died because he released his spirit to God and he died before his He gave up his spirit and he died then. What I'm getting at is that in that time of distress, he was realizing, I don't know what suffering I'm going to go through when I take on all of our sins on me. I am the sacrifice. I'm the one that will be judged so that others, I am giving so that others can receive. And sure enough, he says, Can this cup of suffering pass by? But not my will, but yours be done. So even Jesus, who's the son of the highest, who is the son of King David, who is called the son of God, he had to go through this moment in the midst of those suffering circumstances. And he surrendered his will to his father and he chose the will of his father. So I say to you, as any of you, say I need to make that switch in the heart of my throne. That I put Jesus there. I need him. I want him not just in my head, but in my heart. 
I don't want to just go through the motions of looking religious, looking Christian, but no, from the deepest parts of my heart. I'm going to say this prayer. You can say this with me in your heart. And then you can say it to a friend or family member. And you can step out of this kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Pray with me in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I don't want just a head knowledge. I want a relationship with you. I don't want to lead my life anymore. I want you to lead my life from my heart. Come into me by your Holy Spirit. I choose to walk toward you in your kingdom of light. I give you my will. I surrender all to you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for cleansing. I need your cleansing today. I believe you rose from the grave. And with that, you're victorious in every way in my life. And I receive your eternity, eternal life today. Thank you, Jesus. I give you my life. I am yours now and forever. I'm going to let them sing and just let the Holy Spirit, uh, as they do a chorus or two, and just let the Spirit kind of work among us in our hearts of what He has for us. And then I'm going to say a blessing over us and our food and, and, and let you transition there. So let's just keep waiting on the Lord a little bit longer. Thank you. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the
Behold your servant. May it be to us according to your word. We want to be an obedient people to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you for our fellowship, our meal today. Bless the fellowship. Bless our food. May you just encourage us and build us closer together. All for your glory. And thank you, Lord, that you came from heaven to not leave us alone abandoned, but to come to us. We're so grateful. In the precious and most powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We've got people here available for prayer. We've got a phone call line for 30 minutes available for prayer on Sunday morning. Feel free to pray some more or feel free to go ahead and head on over and get in line, jump in line there and get into the good food that you prepared. Thank you.